from this week? <laughs> what do you think this is like a normal real life where you can just go do things? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you had like a great online adventure or some shit. I don't fucking know. Oh, or even no. you saw a really good movie. <laughs> mm. Played a great video game. No, I've read been... a, de- a, a delectable book. So I've been. Uh, I'm decided I'm gonna watch every Gundam series. So I'm getting oh, started on that. You, that's awful. Mm-hmm. I'm starting uh, with one of the new series, Iron Blooded Orphans. I started watching that, and then <sighs> I think I'll watch Gundam Wing for the nostalgia. Mm. And then also, um, getting really into Warhammer 40k lore for some reason. Uh, I've been on to read their the books for a long time, but like, I suppose they're not that good. Yeah, the like lore the, just sounds really cool. Yeah, I just watch lore videos on YouTube because yeah, I heard like the actual writing of the novels is you know shitty sci-fi commercial. That's something novel we should shit. do. We should get into Warhammer 40k. We can uh, we can spend all our money on little plastic figurines. I I fucking kind of want to, but it's hell expensive, and I don't like even have money to like pay car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, yeah. that reminds me. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna do. We gotta register Quartz car. Fuck, it fucking be everything is spent. Spent everything's money. I don't have any of it. Yeah, yeah, it's like my life would be great if I had money. Yeah, everything costs money. Warhammer 40k is like for rich nerds. I know it's worse than like magic. Don't understand. No, <laughs> well, all this, this week I've also just gotten really into the clash again. Um, just, just like Jonathan from Stranger Things, just real. Yeah, should I stay or should I go? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Radio Clash, too. <laughs> I mean, Radio Clash is a good song. Should I stay or should I go is a good pop song, but it's not like emblematic of what the clash are about right you know it's just their pop hit yeah no so i'm just you know getting re-radicalized old shit uh today is also the anniversary of the beginning of the spanish revolution so that's that's interesting to think about and then um coming up on 18 years since joe strummer died and people are getting disappeared off the streets of the united states so those two things are connected that's just interesting like the decline it's like like voodoo magic the decline of civilization (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have nothing to that. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Fuck me. It's just getting get worse and worse. It's just going to get worse. Well, it's just going to get worse. Like last week, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm someone who should have died in a war anyways. And it looks like I'm going to get my chance. Yeah, well, I mean, it looks like all of us aren't going to have a choice. So, yep. <laughs> Civil War II, all right. Well, not really. I mean, it's more like uh, violent uh, oppression. Yeah, I've been sure it'll spider out into a bunch of different things, though, similar to the Spanish Revolution. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Indeed. Maybe he'll just, he'll just have a stroke and die, and then we'll, a lot of the problems just kind of disappears. No, just, just the machinery of, like, you feel the, the gears are starting to tremble, you know what I mean? The apparatus is just full steam ahead, but it has, there's been no maintenance in uh, 50 years, so it's just going to fall apart. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, are you talking, are you making a metaphor or are you just talking about our infrastructure? I mean, but I, the literal infrastructure and then a metaphor for the way our government operates in general, that's going to be pretty tight. It's going to nah, be pretty tight. I, I, we'll see. We There's like a... I'm 50-50. I just like the only, the only hope that's left is probably revolution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Those don't work out so great. I mean, we die. Like they take it takes a long fucking time, and like nothing, it takes forever to get shit to work the way it's supposed to. Afterwards, I don't know. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100. percent Well, things shit's not getting done now, and it hasn't been getting done. So let's try something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're gonna. Good luck. 
That's it. That'll be my campaign. If I was running for office, let's try that's something That's not a else. campaign. You just said you want a revolution, <laughs> you dumbass. If I was running for office, that's all it would be. Is let's try something else. Let's try it out. That was Trump's I think it was Trump's campaign. <laughs> let's try something else. Uh, he was uh, harkening back to some glory age that didn't ever exist. Yeah, but he was also like, yeah, see, these other shits don't work because, like, I'm a, I'm gonna be do I'm gonna be doing something else. I'm a businessman. I'm something else. Oh, that was all bullshit, though. Mine will actually be will do something else. <laughs> Try something else, huh? You thought you ever thought about it? You ever thought about trying something else? Something else. Just Hope it changes, Kyle. Something, something, little something, something. But I guess that could be the slogan. Just a little something, something. something. <laughs> a little something, something for everybody. A little something, something. No problem. <laughs> if I'm elected, I promise people won't be getting snatched off the street. It's <laughs> crazy. It seems like a bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, though. Yeah, I saw some, zoom. someone on Twitter was like, man, the craziest thing about 2020 is like system of a down songs being right. And it's like, oh, the fuck, you, you fucking baby brains. Do you don't remember <laughs> the fucking Bush administration? The <laughs> songs are relevant when they are written. God damn. <laughs> Tired of like baby brains, like trying to steal, like, the, steer the cultural like discussion. Like fucking just because you didn't understand shit until two weeks ago doesn't mean everyone else has to listen to your bullshit. <laughs> I feel like I've been on that train for a while. Yeah. Hey guys, you uh, heard about this new political philosophy? It's called uh, socialism. <laughs> well, have you uh, read the works of Karl Marx? He's a <laughs> radical new thinker. Yeah. <laughs> It'll blow your minds. No one's ever considered it. Hey, you've gentlemen heard of a uh, of a man named called Bernie Sanders? <laughs> Bernard Sanders. <laughs> Bernard Sanders. Hey, you know what? Fuck him too, man. He fucking shit the bed as soon as his campaign was over. I got nah. not, got no respect for that fool anymore. I kind of knew that was gonna happen. But I mean, no, no, he like That's I kind of like him from like the 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 I don't know the just the. I I guess I appreciate him the work he's put in, like the highlight. You know, the, yeah, the growth he's the right. highlight reel. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, for being as like left, not the he, not the B reel though, because some of that's pretty bad. Yeah, I guess I appreciate him for being as left as he possibly could within our like government system, but not impressed. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, what do you? Hey, do you know what, Kyle? Meanwhile, the one of the actual most progressive senators and is about to get primary by fucking Joe Kennedy. Well, I, you got to respect the dynasty. <laughs> that Celtic power, baby. <laughs> Celtic tiger. Rawr. Yeah, fucking that sucks. I see they're doing the same thing with Marky that they did with Sanders, too, where it's like his supporters are just being jerks. Why would they possibly be mad at Kennedy who loves fossil fuels? <laughs> it's just because they're baby jerks. And you know, it'll probably work, especially in Massachusetts because he's a candidate. Oh, I mean, they don't even have to do that shit. He was going to win no matter what. Look, it's a Kennedy. You can run a pa- I think I have Twitter tweeted this out. You can run a paper bag with Kennedy right now. It's going to be anybody in Massachusetts. Uh, the Kennedy family is so interesting to me because they're like emblematic of how Celtic people became Anglo's in the United States. You know what I mean? They're basically just like a rich, inbred uh, fucking Earl, Court of Earls. You know? <laughs> so, ugh, disgusting. Oh, to go back to the system of down thing, I was thinking. I guess you can't be. I can't be too mad at the younger kids because I was thinking about how everything they consume at this point is just like a drip feed of whatever a corporation's algorithm gives to them. You know what I mean? It's really hard to break free. Yeah, (laughs) it's like I think it's increasingly harder to cultivate your own path as far as like uh, identity and like consumption and stuff go because it's like. I don't know, like someone 
sent me like this TikTok where they it was like talking about punk bands and all the bands they were talking about was like fucking Fallout Boy and My Chemical Romance and shit, which was lame ass. That was lame ass consumer <laughs> shit. When they, they weren't punk out. when they came out. Yeah, and it's like this is what punk is to the kids now. Oh no! Obviously, there's nah, that kids. That can't be right. Nah. I mean, there's got to be tons of kids that still listen to the Crow magazine and shit. Hopefully, but I, it's just like so weird for. I guess like being on the radio really determines your legacy, huh? Yeah, that's true. That sucks because Clear Channel ran everything. Uh, by Clear Channel, I'm, uh, they're now called Lightheart Radio, and they uh, run the podcast industry too. So, including this one. <laughs> are we affiliated with them in any way you think i know i think we're on one of their platform i definitely we're on my radio platform oh fuck i think the only one we're not on is the stitcher one because it's kind of hard and that was two ways to do all the fucking legwork they had oh well I, the, there's no um ethical consumption under capitalism right that's just so ridiculous to me though like podcasts absolutely started as like a diy independent sort of media and concept and then uh, Clear Channel is like, hey, I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it's because podcasts prove they can make money. And then yeah. so, so, large corporations like, well, you know what we can do? Make more money. Oh, fucking the, the budget costs must be like the the cost benefit or whatever for podcasts must be ridiculously good. To- well, I mean, just think we're doing it right now. It, it's This essentially costs us about $30 a year. A startup costs for maybe a little bit more than that. A few hundred dollars, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm sure large studios are they're sure a lot more than that. The overhead, yeah, not that much, you know, because they mm. they're probably recording a lot of the same podcasts in the same studios using the same sound engineers. You know what I mean? Yeah, we do it all independently. <laughs> that shit, we're real DIY. Joe Stromer, be proud. Rest in power, Joe Stromer. No, oh, well, well, John Lewis too. John Lewis. Uh. That's another example of like the political machine really stopping the momentum of an actual revolutionary. No, well, I mean that's kind of what it's kind of how the U.S. government's political machine is built is not to have massive quick changes. That sucks. How? Yeah, I know. I don't know if I mean that's by design. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but I'm sure it's a good idea. Back when our government was started, when like they didn't even have like you know radio or anything, (laughs) (laughs) it took like months to get letters going. Yeah, I mean that part's (laughs) really true. I I don't know. I don't know if like massive quick changes are a good idea either. It certainly seems like it does move too slow, and like it's not even that it necessarily moves too slow. It's just that there's so much shit built on it that there's no change really at at all. You know what I mean? Like no one really actually leads or acts, and like the this Congress has been like one of the most inactive Congresses ever. The only thing they fucking do is, is put judges in place. See, I see him post a lot on Twitter. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you got Marco yeah. Rubio over there posting pictures with Elijah Cummings. You fucking little shit. Yeah, the culture wars. They're fighting hard for the culture war. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't wait till this Christmas, which is going to be canceled. Sponsored by Goya Beans. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Christmas like Goya. I mean, we eat Mexican food on Christmas all the time. I realize Goya is a Cuban company, but you know, you get the idea. But I don't think we ever. I've, our family's never been big on Goya products that I can no, recall. I don't think I've been big bought them a couple times in my life. Yeah. So the last few weeks, like I was obviously I was getting, um, I don't know, I was losing my mind a little bit when it came to the state of the world, and. uh I guess I've gotten to like such an extreme exhaustion point where it's gone back around where like the absurdity of it is just like 
keeping me going now. <laughs> well, uh, that's not. What I mean, you kind of hit on it. You've you've uh, you've said this before, and this is kind of like the dark side of, of the philosophy. Is like sometimes people just have to fucking deal with it. Yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> hey, you people can you can kind of just do what you want, right? I mean, um, um, that's. Uh, I, I, I mean, you can I, open door philosophy is real gross yeah. if you let it be. I mean, mine's more just about letting people uh, behave how they want to. You know what I mean? Like um, express themselves how they want. Not yeah, necessarily I get it. when it comes to authority, <laughs> there's obviously got to be um, rules in place for how authority operates. <laughs> right, but it's still like a like a really extreme. Like, guess what? I can just do what I want to. Yeah, but it sucks because the reality of it is, is like, fuck, you can do whatever you want at all levels, essentially. Especially if you're like and, a wealthy white man. At the cost man. of everyone else's like, yeah. expense too. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, that's my thing is like you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt other people. But everyone out here is just doing whatever they want specifically to hurt other people a lot of the time. So I don't know. I I don't know what the answer is. I fucking didn't finish college, so <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking ask me. I don't know, man. I just went I worked with a lot of people that had finished college and had advanced degrees beyond that. They did not really seem that that that's smart so. oh yeah actually i i hate to lean into like the people's authority and their purpose especially when like you know, granted <laughs> by artificial means when it is just like how good you, uh, you are following directions and um meeting deadlines no that's another shitty thing about the podcast industry is that now everyone's got to have like some some sort of authority on what they're speaking about now normal people can have opinions and shit too it's fine but uh that's not what this podcast is about this podcast is about uh, <laughs> appeals to authority. Shitty movies. <laughs> shitty movies. I figured, you know, it's been a while since we watched a shitty, dumb piece of shit horror this movie. This is a good one, though. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, very, it's um good for like all the wrong reasons. Like, oh man, I, I enjoyed it. It's It was fun. I mean, like, not like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some good stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. It's, villain, the, villain, yeah. The, the villain's great. <laughs> yeah um it, to me it's just uh it doesn't lean enough into like the exploitation elements of the yeah, well, time you, period. there's not enough tits and ass there's not enough blood is what exactly yeah which is you know <laughs> i love it i love the camp i love the the fucking exploitation the just you know pushing the limits but not actually pushing the limits because it's just showing nipples and blood <laughs> it still is pretty good and shockingly it's got a 6.2 on imdb I don't know if that's good or bad. I, it's pretty good for like this style of horror movie, I think, because uh, it's not necessarily like super well known, like the big three franchises, right? And then um, it's not like a a great horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it really is just like a cult film, but it, it's shockingly, um, I guess it's IMDb, so the people that are going out of their way to vote on it probably are familiar with it but i mean i think like some of like my faves are definitely like sitting around like fours and fives and (laughs) i wasn't sure how many people are familiar with this movie it's definitely one of those movies that like because it was uh relatively safe and got a pg rating it was on tv a lot so i guess a lot of people probably saw it like it'd be on like tnt and shit yeah it feels like a tbs classic yeah, like Legend of Boggy Creek and stuff. <laughs> Them good ones. Every year, hundreds of young people travel the country and disappear. God help those who get caught in the tourist trap. Tourist Trap, 
where beautiful young people looking for excitement are tricked, terrorized, Yeah, so Tourist Trap, uh, this one's 1979, so technically we cheated, but I mean like the late 70s. It, We've said uh, 79 to 90, right, is kind of where we go, except for the special so. occasion. Yeah, I mean. That's what we're sticking with. Fuck off. Also, like, fuck the rules. We can do what we want. You can't stop us. Yeah, no gods, no kings, no masters. Except there's probably both gods and kings. God kings. God um, save us. I'm waiting on that refugee status. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you apply to? <laughs> well, the government just, is trying to kill you. Yeah, I want it to be an option where, like, the, the world well, governments are just like, all right, we can give you refugee status to members of the United States. It's obvious. Because if this shit was happening in Bolivia, you know who'd be there to take over the government? Uh, maybe. There'd be, my, <laughs> there'd be some, like, calls for it, and there'd be, like, a kid, there'd be, like, a 50 50 chance that America would show up to kick America's ass. Well, no, I mean, the, the, the truth of it is, is uh, the United States would have been there sowing the seeds. Oh, the, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the CIA would have been involved for a long yeah. time. I mean, I don't know. I can, I can don't know that they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of seems like they are. They're not good at what they do, but I mean, they do it. I mean, they're good at what they do. It just happens to be what they do is something like really easy. It's kind of easy to put push desperate people over the edge, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess my yeah. point is like they're not supposed to be so. You're not supposed to know, <laughs> but everybody knows. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're <laughs> like, not well, that good. <laughs> sometimes they'll just straight up like say they did something that is identical to other things that they deny doing. And you're like, hmm. Oh well, uh, this movie doesn't have the CIA in it. It's actually only got about five people. <laughs> it's a good way to make a movie. I was thinking. Um, also, if uh, if if we ever lived in a totalitarian system, I'd like to be the sort of uh, Joseph Goebbels like propaganda minister. <laughs> but my my only thing would be um, people would be able to make any kind of movies they want, but it'd just be like everyone's budget is capped at ten million, and it's like, all right, now well, I want to see what you can make with ten million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like here you go, Marvel, go make another Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> see how that shit goes. So, um, yeah, this is a thing I love about 80s movies. Just little Iron Man, movies. The next Iron Man will be 20 minutes long. <laughs> 15 installments. <laughs> yeah. The, I just like the these little scrappy movies from the 80s where the budget was like $70,000. So they got, we can only hire like five actors and we're going to have like three Only sets. one of them could be good. Yeah, we got three sets. That's it. Let's make it work. And, um, you know, you fucking sometimes you just get oh, fucking gold out of that shit. There's something about the desperation and having to work within your limits that makes people make um, better art. That's Just not, like an Iron I'm, Man. I'm not advocating to keep defunding the arts. Uh, that's not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's just that... Uh, Fun smaller projects as well. I guess it's when people are passionate about something they're doing and they're going to work as hard as possible to get it done, 
usually ends up being better than um, just. Seattle. We really should encourage more uh, government funding of the arts because what will happen is it will fund more. Well, usually it funds smaller projects, but who the fuck knows the way the government? I works mean, who knows where that money's yeah. gonna go? Yeah, <laughs> it's only that's what traditionally happened, but no, when it's you only give money gonna, to the arts. You know, it's gonna go like all to MoMA. Whoever, like, the curator at MoMA is. Because <laughs> he's friends with fucking Epstein or some shit. I don't know. That's how it works now. It's basically, like, organized crime. But not cool because it's not ethnic minorities anymore. It's just rich white guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> what else can we complain about today? Let's see what comes up. Ah, <laughs> uh, Tourist Trap, 1979. Shockingly, 6.2 on IMDb. A group of young friends stranded at a secluded roadside museum are stalked by a masked assailant who uses his telekinetic powers to control the attraction's mannequins. Yeah, the telekinetic part, I would cut that if I remake that. Shockingly, it's not in the original script. No. <laughs> they just kind of. That's not shocking at all. Yeah, one of the producers was like, hey, what if. Uh, what if tele- we give him superpowers? <laughs> yeah, hey, tele- you guys seen, hey, you guys seen that movie Firestarter? <laughs> <laughs> it's directed by a man named uh, David Schmoller, which sounds like you're just making fun of someone named Muller. Hey, what's up, Schmoller? <laughs> Schmoller, Schmoller. It's Muller, guys. That's actually his name, though. Uh, he's going to grow on to direct pu- Puppet Master, which is a much better movie. This is a much better movie, but that's not saying much. Or that's not saying anything really negative against this movie because the Puppet Master series are just magnifique. Chef's Kiss. <laughs> I love Puppet Master movies. I haven't liked any of the new recent ones they've made. Which, I've not seen a Puppet Master movie since 1996. So. Yeah, so I watched the the first, like, where Puppet Master's back, which came out like 2016, 2017. Yeah. Yeah, and he's evil again, right? I <laughs> It didn't have the Puppet Master in it. It just had the puppets. <laughs> and it was all right. And then uh, this guy actually came back to direct another one in 2018, which I haven't watched I'll probably check it out when we end up watching Puppet Master. I'll marathon that shit. Uh, hopefully, all twenty Puppet Masters. How many Puppet Masters is up there now? Oh, uh, there's got to be like ten of them at least now. Fuck that! Awesome! I can't wait to do that. I hope I don't have a girlfriend at that point. Actually, no. I'll have a girl- you want a girlfriend that wants Puppet wants Master? Yeah, a girlfriend that wants to watch Puppet Master. Hell yeah! So this is a uh, like a date watch update. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a while since the day watch update. <laughs> no dates. <laughs> can't leave the house because I can't risk my parents' health. You can do like those Zoom dates. I've seen those advertised. Oh, <laughs> really? Zoom. Zoom oh, that's, that's pretty interesting, I guess. I'm hoping like just to get... Um... Here's the thing is uh, I don't like going out and doing things anymore. So I'm hoping, like, not to use the podcast as a dating service like, you know, other, like, leftist creeps on the internet. But, like, you know, just um, maybe, you know, someone will think I'm cool and they'll want to hang out. Someone who's, like, around my age. No, no, you got to go for someone younger. I wanna, I'm saying, like, 20, 20 is probably the max age. Nah, because here's the thing. <laughs> gross. Yeah, it's gross as shit. It's creepy. Um, but And then even in practical terms, um, it's weird. Thing. Yeah, it doesn't work out. When I was in my 20s, I was, like, hella ratchet, right? And so I, I'm definitely down with, like, women that are ratchet and wild and stuff too i'm into that shit however i'm also like old and retired now so i think a perfect partner for me is also another old retired ratchet 
So that means like it's it's got to be someone in their thirties, anyways, because in the twenties, that's when you should be getting fucking wild and stuff. You know what I mean? Nope. So just even for practical reasons, it's like no, <laughs> I'm not dating someone in their twenties. They might still <laughs> I don't got the energy for that. Yeah, they might still be trying to party and stuff. Here's the things I like to do: lift weight, read book, um, watch old Clash videos, um, watch eighties movies. That's it. Those are the only things I do. <laughs> Eat food. Yeah, man, it's getting so boring. I'm looking forward to dinner and shit. Like I'll every, meet you some days. I'm day. like, oh, what's for dinner? What's yeah. your dinner? I hope it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm waking up. I'm like, what's there to look forward to today? Oh, dinner's coming. That'll be <laughs> nice. It'll be nice to eat some dinner. Uh, today though, I was like, oh, I'm watch some Gundam. So thank you, Gundam. I guess I need to find something to watch. Yeah, I start watching Gundam. There's like 20 series. I it's gonna, it's can't gonna take like stand a year. Gundam anymore. Why not? I don't know. I tried to watch Gundam Wing long, like maybe I don't know, it was a long time ago. Like I think Gundam Wing maybe. might be a bad one aside from the nostalgia. I don't know. I just, giant robots in space don't interest me anymore. I guess it's about. I the, think I've been seen, been there, done that. Like, what's the best giant robot in space thing? And I'll watch that. Uh, the original Gundam, probably. Well, then I've seen that. Oh. I don't know. Iron Blood Orphan seems pretty cool so far. It's about child soldiers, so it's going to be I just like Gundam has been on for so long. It's like, God damn it, guys. Just no. No more Gundam. Also, someone pointed it, said it really concisely. One, the, um, I saw it the other day again, and it was like uh, it was basically like Gundam meme. It was like, you, the point war, yeah, but then it was it. But it was like, but you, corporation using really cool giant space robots to teach you a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's true. Yeah, it is a heavily commodified. And then they, now. yeah, then they sell toys about it. Well, yeah, the the model industry from Gundam is like the biggest thing. So I guess it is a major consumer product now. Man, maybe I don't want to watch Gundam anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I just ruined your quarantine. <laughs> ah shit! I hate, man. I'm tired of being like trying to be like intellectual about the media I consume. I don't think it matters. I'm just gonna watch. You can be intellectual trash. about it. It's just like you know, we gotta be honest that it's been commodified too. Yeah, everything has except for Tourist Trap. They didn't even make any sequels. There's a chance it's um, out there. We're gonna we're gonna highlight it. They're gonna remake it. There's gonna be 20, 20, 20 Tourist Trap movies. Well, we'll get to it towards the end. But Stephen King kind of actually put this movie on the radar. It feels like a very Stephen King movie. It does. Um, oh, just real quick on David Schmoller. Uh, he also directed it's six, smaller, guys. <laughs> six episodes of the USA Network's um, late night drama, Silk Stocking. Oh, that's a sexy one. It had a really sexy opening, but then you go to watch the show. It's not sexy at all. I well, I, guess, I think there's usually the opening was a little, the, the, the cold opening, right? The, there's usually some sort of sexy thing involved in like the murder, right? That's my recollection. Because it was always on right after rest. Yeah, it was always on after Monday Night Raw. And then, um, yeah, I just remember the opening being sexy, and then it was just a police procedural show with like people that were old and not sexy. <laughs> people that are like in their forties. Hey, we're sexy. That's gonna be you soon. Nah, I'm not gonna make it to my forties because of <laughs> Civil War too. Uh, this movie was also written by David Schmoller, but also another man named J. Larry Carroll, who. Uh, I guess probably cartoon fans are familiar with because he's written episodes for basically every 80s cartoon there is. Talking Thundercats, She-Ra, He-Man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Brave Star. 
Uh, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Every, anything you think of? This give me category. a give me an uh, what's his? Give me an episode from like Teenage Mutant Turtles or GI Joe. Let me see what's what's his quality. Uh, GI Joe. I don't have him pulled up. The one I remember for GI Joe was like the one of the. Uh, it was like Apocalypse Tomorrow or something, which I believe is one of the um, uh, original stories they did when before it was an actual series. So I think he might be pretty good at writing cartoons. Hmm. He, also, right. <clears throat> he also wrote for Star Trek The Next Generation. I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> more like important, yeah, I know. <laughs> more importantly, Walker, Texas Ranger. Ugh, never mind. And <laughs> Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. Oh my god, never mind. What the fuck? <laughs> He would do anything. He didn't care. <laughs> Have you seen that that supercut of Beyond Belief Faction Fiction? Yeah, where it's like, you're wrong. <laughs> Turns <laughs> no, out no, you're wrong. No. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard a bicycle? You ever heard? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. I'll see if I can find it. So see. Chuck Connors. He's uh, from the TV Cowboy Pipeline we've talked about. He did TV. He played Cowboys on TV and Detectives. He's also in Old Yeller. Oh, yeah. Now he's doing a guy with sort of a New England accent <laughs> making fun of Yankees for something. Yeah. <laughs> That's like uh, the, the, the pet cemetery guy. <laughs> <laughs> this dude does have like a faint New England, like Maine accent. <laughs> and he's fucking like, oh, I have this, I have this here to, to scare the Yankees. <laughs> my, my brother moved on to Hollywood. <laughs> I'm just out here in the valley. Uh, down here in the south. You know how it is. <laughs> Um, so he has a line where he says, once they move the highway, I'm afraid we lost most of he our business. He has a line about it. <laughs> well, this is uh, directly from right. the film Psycho. But then, yes, he does continue to go on to just not ever stop talking about that goddamn highway. Fucking highway. <laughs> the, the highway's the one that fucked his wife. There's a fucking highway. The people used to come in here and swim with the water moccasins and have a good time. But then the highway came, son of a bitch. And then I used to have a brother, but they paved the highway over him. And then the highway killed my wife. The highway oh. took my leg. That's why I got this limb. Oh, yeah. Me and my, me and my wife going to build a hotel down by, by the water moccasin lake. Watch all the people get eaten. Laugh our asses off. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, this fellow here, Chuck Connors, uh, thought maybe this movie would be a way for him to pivot his waning career into being like a villainous horror movie type character movie. yeah he's giving his all because he's like this is this is fucking going in my my reel uh, uh but it didn't work out so that sucks too bad i mean if i was making movies i would have cast him something else if i saw this i was thinking that too but then i was trying to think what else would i cast him in thinking about 80s movies that he could have been in it was like mm. <laughs> indiana jones and uh the last crusade Instead of Sean Connery? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> what about the kids? Aside from uh, Slauson, we just got some kids running around. And there's a Beastmasters ladies in this. Hell yeah, she is. Um, they're not really kids, though. They're probably like around 30. <laughs> I don't they're, think they're movie she's kids. Yet. <laughs> they're a movie 25 she's, uh, She goes on. She's like uh, she's a mom in that 70s show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tanya Roberts is who you're talking about. I mean, she's also in... Charlie's Angels for 16 episodes at the yeah, end of Charlie's Angels. Yeah. This will revitalize it. But yeah, that's the big thing. She's fucking midge on that 70s show. Tanya Roberts. She's got the sultriest voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, she's great in that 70s show. She's like one of the funniest characters. Also, remember Laura Pe- Pepron in that 70s Pepron? show? I do. Donna? 
Donna. Mm. And then she, I watched a few episodes of Orange is the New Black when it came out because a bunch of my girlfriends were watching it. So I just caught a few episodes when they were watching it. She's in it with dark hair. And I was like, mm, Laura Pepperon. <laughs> I watched that whole thing because Coop loved that show. Oh, it's like a lady show. It does seem to be um, f- oriented towards the female audience. Yeah, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Not like those old Russ Myers movies about women in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were inspired by uh, Russ Myers when they made uh, Orange is the New Black at all. They should have been. Mm, probably not. I, I mean, it wouldn't have been very PC for the SJW world. <laughs> but it went more realistic. That's how a lady prison really is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, the, our final girl, the hero, the main uh, character is Jocelyn Jones, who plays Molly. Um, I'll, I'll get it out of the way. Aside from Tanya Roberts, no one else in this movie has a career beyond this movie, unfortunately. Uh, the big thing about Molly, though, is she does not look like she's dressed to have a fucking good time. Yeah, where are they going? Because she looks like, are they going to marry her like she, off? Or like, what's her? She looks like, like she's going to like Mormon prom or something. <laughs> she's got heel, like wedge heels on and everything. It's like, what are you doing? I thought, it seemed like you guys are just going out to the woods to drink beer and shit. <laughs> what's, what's happening? She's not ready to party. But she's supposed, to, obviously, she's supposed to be like virginal and demure, right? She's the final girl. Yeah, they uh they don't like really throw that in your face at all. Nah, she's just wearing white. Um, does exactly what she's told at all times. Yeah, uh, I think maybe they even mentioned she's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how it is. She's the one that's afraid to go skinny dipping, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we also got uh, John Van Ness who plays Johnny. Uh, the whole movie, um, the whenever he shows up, I'm like. He doesn't have the arms to go sleeveless. <laughs> I always think vests never look good on anyone. Uh, Tim Armstrong from Rancid. Mm. No, not even him. <clears throat> I've never seen that man wear sleeves and he doesn't need them. Also, The Clash. They're always going sleeveless. I don't, I'm not saying sleeveless. I'm just like, I don't know. The vest thing is like, I'm always like, you kind of look like a dork. What I mean, what? not if it's like a punk vest. That's what mm. I Your mean. vest was fine, but I, I don't know. Tim Armstrong has always got his armor on. Maybe not anymore. He, he's pretty old now. He's got a big ass beard and a weird. I, I don't necessarily mean like I don't know. I like those like tight, those little like very leather or leather esque vests always bother me. Well, yeah, his the, vest the small is small little, the small little like yeah, dorky well, his, vest. His like, is yeah, like, it'll get some some bulk on it. That's what I'm getting. Going well, yeah, for. his is like cut like an actual like waistcoat. And it just happens to be denim, and it's, like, too tight. And, yeah, it just looks all 70s and shitty. But everything about him kind of sucks. In fact, he looks like he's about 40 years old. He reminds me of the lead singer of MC5 with his He afro. is a lead singer of MC5. What? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. All right. Uh, that's enough clowning on that guy. Sure no, he's... we're going to get to it later because he's awful. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Uh, Robin Sherwood, who plays Eileen, who... Uh... Come on, Eileen. Oh, remember she puts on that ascot like in the video for coming Eileen. <laughs> she's uh, the dumb one because <laughs> she's just like, yeah, I'm going to go investigate that spooky house. Oh, I hear voices. It must be Woody playing that a prank sense. on me. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be at this random house. He knew we were going to be here. And then Tanya Roberts, who we mentioned, she's Becky, Midge on the 70s show, Kiri and Beastmaster. She's on Charlie's Angels. 
so Tanya Roberts insisted on running through the woods barefoot in one scene. Oh God. She thought it would help her, you know, better project a sense of pain and fear. Uh, the result was she just tore up her feet. So I guess it, it works. I thought she stepped on a nail. <laughs> Tetanus. Um, then finally, he's barely in the movie. Keith McDermott, he plays Woody. Uh, he is, unfortunately, in my opinion, the only interesting death in the movie, though. Oh, yeah. They uh, they get a spike right through the base of the spine and siphon out that adrenochrome. Yeah, well, the thing is, so it's like a metal pipe. I don't know. It would have to be traveling at such velocity to penetrate him rather than just bounce off of him and bruise the shit out of him. <laughs> not only that, to penetrate him just enough so that it starts to drain blood but not go all the way through. Yeah, I mean, obviously the whole point of it was to do the blood leaking out of him, right? Because that's cool. That's cute. That's like a fun little 80s way to die or slasher way to die. I like it a lot. But if you think about it in realistic terms, it's like, hmm, well, there's even a knife in the cabinet. Why didn't the knife kill him? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not as fun. You think otherwise, what knives they kill him, but then they, 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 there's a twist. So there's a lot of twists in this movie. Yeah, what's cool about that scene, though, is uh, they built the set at 90 degrees, so he's actually, like, on the floor, and the cabinet is on the roof, and shit's just dropping on him. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's fun. That's <laughs> also, fun. if I was him, I, uh, the, I'm not trying to go through that, the door back through the house. You know what I mean? Like, the dummy breaks a window. The first dummy breaks a window. I'm jumping out that window. Not me. I'm attacking the dummy. I'll be like, who do you work for? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hang around. I also wouldn't like uh, stick my hand into a mysterious yeah. hole in the door. Mm-hmm. That's how what's, you lose a hand. What's in here? Best Give case, it back. Give it be, back. Best case scenario is it's going to be a stranger's dick. Is that the best case scenario? I thought yeah. like the best case scenario is that it's nothing. Oh, no. Nah, best case scenario, stranger's dick. <laughs> and then number two, <laughs> nothing. Number two. Someone you know's dick. <laughs> Oof. And nah. then it's a prank. And I'll, I'll show you a prank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and uh, this, this, the, uh, the, this I, have, <laughs> I have a shocking revelation for fans of the podcast. That's right. The Scream Queen herself, the queen of the podcast. Everyone's favorite um, zombie punk rocker, Linnea Quigley, is actually in this movie disguised as a mannequin. What? Which yeah, mannequin? I don't know. Oh dang, she's one no of the one mannequins. Knows. She though. doesn't even know anymore. Probably not. She's oh, as mannequin number two. Not to say her faculties have declined or anything. Just that, I mean, how would she know which mannequin? She <laughs> That's right. Trash is in it. Fucking rules. Like death and stuff. Like death. death. Like, well, death and death. You're fantasized about being killed. There's always these old men everywhere. They're grabbing me and pulling me and just touching me in death. Day watch update. That's what I'm talking about is I need a trash you retired. <laughs> <laughs> retired from the life. I know on a previous episode, I was like, uh, there's a punk rock saying, it's if you used to be, you never were. Um, that's true. I'm still a punk rocker. I'll be punk till the day I die, but I also retire from the lifestyle a little bit because <laughs> I don't want to die at like 40. I mean, I'm probably going to anyways because all the shit I did in my 20s, but you know, you got you to try a little bit. <laughs> I'm drinking water now. Yeah. it's all, But sometimes, especially lately, I'll wake up and be like, you know, what is it all for? Shouldn't I just drink all day every day anyways? <laughs> and then you wake up the day 
after you drank all day, everything like, ah, never mind. Yeah, that's the problem. Is like if you don't keep drinking, for me now, anyway, since I'm so old and shitty, it's like if I don't keep drinking, like, oh god. Sometimes even like the second day after drinking is worse. Uh oh yeah, here we go. This this is the good shit. You ready? Ready for some good shit? Nope. David Schmoller after writing the with Callerol, uh, they originally intended for John Carpenter to direct the film. Whoa. Wow. Well yeah. yeah. Good luck. Which is I mean, they basically made this movie because Halloween existed, so they may as well get John Carpenter to do it, right? <laughs> Yeah, it um, seems like something he wants to do the rest of his life. He didn't even want to do Halloween anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, but the the Carol was unsatisfied with the financial arrangements, and they instead had Schmoller direct it. <laughs> so basically, what that means is John Carpenter is like, I'll do it for like a million dollars, and like we don't have a million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. And yeah, according to Carol, the uh, original screenplay did not feature any telekinetic powers, which makes sense because that part's stupid as hell. Yeah, it's tacked on as shit. The only time it's cool is when he uh. Steals the key from um, Johnny when Johnny stands <laughs> up and he's like, yeah, can't get that key. <laughs> Got you there, don't I? <laughs> yeah, that's ah, I'm going to be handsome like my brother. <laughs> A lot of times he um, uses the telekinetic power to break his own shit for no reason. Like when uh, he's killing Eileen, he like he pulls the chair out. She sits into it. She seems relatively comfortable in the chair when she gets sat down, right? <laughs> she's just like, I guess I'll stay here. <laughs> and she's getting strangled to death by the ascot, which is all right, cool. That's how he's killing her. But you know, it's like all around the room, he's also just blowing up all his flasks and his decanters and stuff. <laughs> he's just a crazy person. Yeah, it's know? like why why are you just strangling all your own shit? When his uh when his when he starts you know, when he's when he's when he's when his when his blood's going, he can't keep help himself. Oh, it loses control. Yeah, you know. There's a sexual nature to this, if you understand. There's always a sexual nature of goddamn serial killers. What a serial killer who just kills for fun, huh? When is that going to happen? I just enjoy the blood. Yeah, just a fun-loving serial killer. The only outlier is uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, who did not enjoy killing. He just wanted the body. Well, that's a few people that don't really enjoy killing, right? That just like playing with bodies. Yeah, like Ed, Ga- Ed Gein, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh... I don't know enough about the classification of serial killers, but that's my understanding. Well, there's so there's process killers and product killers. Process killers get off doing the killing. Product killers just kill so they can get the body. See, that's you know if you're gonna do it, you gotta do you gotta get off doing both. That's what I think too. Is like the whole shebang, right? Yeah, like you gotta enjoy the killing, and then after that, you've got a body to play with. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Uh-huh. Well, you might have to. Yeah, the problem is that they seem to be like um, <coughs> compulsions. So I don't know if they can intellectualize. Like, well, I guess they better do both. Ah, that's a real shame. You know, I feel like um, you got to use the whole thing. You gotta use, if you kill a buffalo, you got to use the whole thing. Yeah, use every part of it. And so what you're saying, I, I get what you're saying. If you're going to be a serial killer, you also got to be a cannibal. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That yep. makes the most sense to me. This guy wasn't, though. He turned people into mannequins. Which is weird. Well, you know what? That's that's you know he's doing something. He's making art. So yeah, that's true. He's using them, the product, but it's weird that the kids didn't walk into like his house or the mannequin shop and be like, "God, what is that fucking smell?" 
<laughs> well, it's because the plastic <laughs> or something. The plaster. This has got all the human juice locked inside. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, it's amazing be- that you walk into the fucking mannequin deserted town and they're like, oh my God, we got to get out of here. This guy's a fucking crazy person. Yeah, they really bought his bullshit for a long time because it's like it's supposed to be a shocking reveal that he's the killer, right? But it's like, well, duh. <laughs> the only question you have about it is just because the filmmaking is a little bit shaky, right? Because uh, something like the costume changes and him showing up at different places doesn't really work on a real like timeline they're establishing. Well, that's just because it's kind of like sort of bad filmmaking. Yeah, and the <laughs> wasn't really paying attention. Yeah, it's not like a real red herring. It's just kind of a mistake. Well, my brother is so handsome, not like me. <laughs> or maybe I, I'm a handsome one. I don't know. His 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 like uh, relationship with his brother and his own identity is all mixed up. Yeah, uh, did you see the Atlanta episode where they they flipped this one thing around? Swamp thing? No, you know, like they did the same thing with the two brothers, and like one of them's in the wheelchair and is all. Atlanta, the Dong Lover show. That's right. You don't remember that episode? It's in second season. Oh, he goes to buy the. Uh, Do you know through the second season? I only watched the first season. Yeah. Well, fuck off then. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm not familiar with <laughs> what you're talking about. I just remember like the episode, the episode I remember the most is when uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfeld's gonna like hook him up with the way to make money, and it turns out he's just investing in dog breeding. He's like, <laughs> yeah, we'll come back in a few months. <laughs> that pays off in the second season too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like for real. That's like that's like the fucking. That's a sick way to make money, man. The dogs produce themselves. There's like yeah. barely any overhead. You just feed <laughs> one dog, more dogs come out of it. Yeah, you gotta take care of the dog, though. At least, like, I feel like you should take care of the dog morally. And well, dogs, yeah. it's not dogs aren't inexpensive, and you gotta yeah, but, you, know, you gotta get a shot. You gotta take it to the vet. Yeah, but then the dog like prints like six six thousand dollars just comes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all worthwhile, and you have a dog that you love. Yeah, <laughs> this is complications. Like, you're making it seem more easy, easier than it actually is. It's easy in my fantasy life. That's why you, soon you'll catch me breeding pigs. <laughs> Except for I don't know for how much there's demand for pigs. So. Yeah, not not probably not pet pigs necessarily. <laughs> you just see me living on a plot of land with a bunch of pigs. <laughs> but can't would get you, rid of them. <laughs> would you like to buy my pig? It's five dollar. <laughs> I'm just giving them away. Can't get rid of these assholes. Why don't you eat them? Oh, God, no. <laughs> My friends. Don't you ever talk to Mr. Pickles this way again. Don't you ever say anything like that in front of Chorizo again. <laughs> he named it after all. Sir. Yeah, they're all named after like pork <laughs> products. Oh, Adobe Doc. Ah, shit. Production designer Robert A. Burns had worked on Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Wes Craven's The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, he handled the art direction and the majority of special effects including the mannequins. Um, this movie does have a lot in common with those two films, kind of. It's just like the um, not as disturbing version of it. Because, you know, you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Hills of Eyes. Both those movies still really hold up, like, from the atmosphere, where it's just kind of uncomfortable. Everything seems, like, sweaty and dirty. I, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. But I have this a one's real like, problem with, like, the sound because Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh, the entire yeah. time. I'm like, ah. Maybe Especially like the, the dinner scene where like yeah. uh, it's like seems like some people are mic'd up and some people aren't, or like maybe there's just one mic and because of the distance they are from the mic, you can't like hear like half the family. Right. And then like the generator the entire time. I don't know. Just yeah. yeah. But Hillside's Lives for sure. Yeah, I mean the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the ultimate 
independent movie success, right? Like they they fucking it was like pennies for that budget and they made one of the greatest horror films of all time. So you could give them a little leeway on the sound mixing. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I film, give no one nothing. Yeah, it made a joke earlier that they're copying Halloween, but no, nah, this movie's more copying uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Hills Have Eyes. In fact, they even called the killer Plasterface on set, which is an allusion to Leatherface, I'm sure. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. When he's putting plaster on that one girl that's down in the basement, though, that's not plaster. That's pizza dough. Is it really pizza dough? Yeah, it's pizza dough. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to cover your mouth now. <laughs> that's the thing, too, is uh, even if someone was plastering your face, just blow out. <laughs> you know I mean? like fuck you take a dip for a big breath no stop it you're ruining it <laughs> just keep doing it oh, ruining it <laughs> you can't stop me old man uh, also like, i'll be honest I, your heart's not gonna explode from that it's not gonna burst you're just gonna suffocate you know she was just so terrified, <laughs> terrified. <laughs> i feel like he's just projecting like he really wants her to be terrified yeah no, you probably just suffocate i mean i would i don't know <laughs> Maybe I'm different. I just suffocate. <laughs> Nothing scares me. I just don't think heart exploding from fear is a thing. It is in Ringo. Ringo. But Ringo Ringo involves the supernatural. Ring, Ringo star? <laughs> Ringo. Ringo. That involves the supernatural. I guess this movie has supernatural elements to it. It's dumb telekinesis <laughs> but, but that's obviously an afterthought. He's supposed to just be plastering people, but the fear makes the heart explode but only sadako has that power <laughs> no no one will believe this movie unless he has crazy telekinetic powers you guys read x-men it is so weird for the producer to just throw that in there i wonder he that's absolutely fucking, that's producers word. he absolutely had to like saw some other movie or some shit and he's like he's like i really need to make a movie about fucking telekinesis yeah put that in there that shit's cool man can't you know, believe it. Oh, we should have the telekinesis take off the bra <laughs> of one of the ladies. Whoa, I saw on 60 Minutes there's people doing telekinesis. One of, uh, what's his yeah. name? Was, yeah, uh, him, and, him and Stephen King read the same thing. Stephen King came up with Carrie. <laughs> and this motherfucker's like, oh, just give this killer telekinesis. I saw that guy. He was on the TV bending spoons. Oh, wait, when did Carrie come out? Uh, Carrie comes out before this. There you go. In fact, uh, the Italian composer here, Pino Donaggio, was in town working on Joe Dante's Piranha at the time that David Schmuller was filming Tourist Trap. Since Donaggio spoke Spanish, as did Schmuller, the director was able to convince the composer to score the music for Tourist Trap. And Pino Donaggio was the composer on Carrie. So that's why he has telekinesis. We figured it out. Because Pino? (laughs) No, well, yeah, because of Pino. (laughs) I don't know his accent, but I'm assuming. Chris. <laughs> hey, you put the telekinesis in the movie. It's a good, it's a gold. I mean, uh, what kind of candy? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't speak English though. He speaks Italian and Spanish, <laughs> as far as I know, from the information I've gathered. Well, I don't speak Italian, and my my Spanish <laughs> is like mm, sixty <clears throat> words, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, and also um, Spanish I know isn't necessarily what. Um, oh no, it's definitely not Castilian Spanish. Yeah, or Catalan or anything like that. Ebita. To do some Duolingo shit for you. Barcelona. Duolingo. Barcelona. <laughs> Say Barcelona. Barcelona. Despite its depictions of violence and macabre images, the Motion Picture Association of America awarded the film a PG rating. Yeah, because it didn't have any tits or blood. Yeah, there's only a little bit of blood in the beginning when he turns Woody into like a water pump. 
blood pump, a blood bank. Um, yeah, due to this rating, the film was able to receive significant broadcasting on syndicated television in the years following its theatrical release. So maybe that maybe that guy got some residuals from that. Who, Pino? Yeah, Pino. Pino Donaggio. He's the only one I'm concerned with. I, yeah, I was worried about Leatherface himself. I forget the actor's name. The old cowboy. Oh, uh, Chuck Collins. Chuck. Chuck. Old Chuck. Oh, good old no. Chuck. Chuck Connors. Chuck I, Connors. I, oh, my God. It's even better than Collins. <laughs> I knew it was one of the like bland Irish names. <laughs> It was Collins, Connors, Leary, Lynch, one of those. But yeah, that's the, everyone involved in this film has a pretty boring name except for Pino, so I'm hoping that he got the most success out of it just because his name is the coolest. That's how I Pino. base everything I, I do. Pretty much. That's the coolest name. That's right. I, when you're a kid, that's like how you choose like what band to listen to, right? <laughs> you're on the internet and you're like you're like hmm who am i gonna listen to listen to the clash or am i gonna listen to dexy's midnight runners the fuck i'm gonna listen to the clash <laughs> Ooh, steely dan that's a cool name <laughs> who is steely dan <laughs> and why'd they name I, the I, band after him <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> this is uh the complete aside i guess but the other day i heard someone mention that uh the b-52s were like surf rock which what? they are, obviously. Sort of. Like, they have surf guitars in it. But, like, when I heard it, I was like, what the fuck? And then I went back and, like, listened to, like, some of their hits. And I was like, oh, yeah, they are kind of like surf rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess. Well, it's definitely, like, heavily inspired surf rockabilly guitars. Just every drum nerd I ever met in high school listened to B-52. Well, yeah, because they were expressly camp. They were, like... John, if John Waters' movie was a band, yeah. Well, if one of John Waters' like safe, cute movies was a band. okay, yeah. If Hairspray was a band, yeah. If Hairspray was a band, or Crybaby was a band, yeah, it might even be more like Crybaby. Yeah. Crybaby was a band, rock lobster. Yeah, I can really hear Dick Dale out there go strum along to that, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Link Ray, <laughs> rock lobster. <laughs> Who knows, man? It's it's twenty twenty. Things can be whatever you want them to be. The death of the author. Things can I got alternative facts for you. Things Rock can lobster. Make, whatever, make up whatever you want. It's twenty twenty. Uh, if you see something depicted in a film, the film is obviously advocating for that thing, and the film is bad, not the actual activity it's showing. <laughs> That's the real problem: is that it was depicted in a film, not that it actually transpires in real life. Hey. Um, I'm a fucking idiot on the internet, huh? Get I don't know what in. stupid thing you're yelling about, but I remember Stephen King <laughs> talking about this like fucking 15 years ago. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> prevalent now the, the how people treat uh, uh media and stuff. It's like, oh, this movie depicted a bad thing, so the movie is bad. Not that the the actual thing that it presented is bad. Well, I mean, movie, that honestly depends on how they depict it. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, people just do it for like the dumbest shit. It's like yeah, everything has to, to cross like some like fucking obscure personal like purity test for anyone to think anything is worthwhile anymore. That's correct. What do you don't get? It's fucking dumb. Why is everything fucking a checklist now? Why is everything so like tax and fucking human taxonomy and shit? Man, fucking what does John Waters have to say about this shit? God damn it. Where's John Waters? I think he's, he's at uh, home reading a book. Yeah, doing acid. Uh, I heard he was doing a lot of acid in quarantine. Oh, what a grind. What fucking he rules, man. I don't want to be like John Waters. Not me. I'm going to sit here working at stupid internet jobs for the next hundred years. That sounds terrible. 
that's yeah, the, well that's the life we were afforded though is you just die alone watching netflix watching <laughs> the next star war i don't want to watch star wars anymore <laughs> star i mean like i'll watch wars. a star war but i'm not gonna go out of my way i still haven't really seen rogue one i saw it in the theaters <laughs> nerd well, me and my friends skipped work to go to the movies. No, that's like, so fine, man. We're like, fuck it, let's go to the movies. And then we got there, and I was like, what do you want to watch? And it, like, the only option was Star Wars Rogue One. No, that's an like, acceptable time to yeah. see Rogue One. <laughs> it was also like Carrie Fisher just died, and she specifically liked Carrie Fisher as a human being. So I was like, okay. And then uh, Carrie Fisher's ghost is in the movie. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a computer ghost of Carrie Fisher in it. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking like technology ghost. Ooh. Yeah, but um, then my friend fell asleep. I don't think she even saw the Carrie Fisher part. Probably shit fucking, you know, that's how it goes out here in these streets, working for a living, working for the man. Sometimes you say fucking and go to the movies. Uh, speaking of working for <coughs> some movies. Speaking of movies, though, uh, Variety wrote, although it has some appropriately menacing music and occasionally employs some decent special effects. Ah, I think Capino. The plot is too loaded with cliches from the concept to individual bits of dialogue to be taken seriously and not silly enough to be regarded as delightfully bad. I kind of agree with this, but like not with uh, such harsh tones. You know what I mean? For me, it's like it doesn't necessarily reach the campy highs that I want, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it does everything that a horror movie is supposed to do at this point. You know what I mean? Hits all the points, but it just doesn't reach the delightfully campy extreme that I want. That's my only problem with it. Um, I guess part of it's because I only watched it on TV, so I assumed that the TV edit had edited out all the boobs and violence, and then now watching the original version, the boobs and violence <laughs> just weren't even there to begin with. <laughs> hey, what is this bullshit? <laughs> yeah. So not particularly to my taste, but not a bad movie. They go skinny dipping, they don't show me a single tit. Single titty. Well, actually, the script originally called for nudity, but uh, David Schmoller said he was too bashful and embarrassed to bring it up with uh, the a- actresses during casting. <laughs> and then when they got to the lake well, scene... Well, uh, that makes sense, because I'm considering he won't tell anybody his real name is Moeller. It's like, hey, Schmoller. It's fine, just call it. Kids. Schmoller's fine. Kind of like a shitty human being, though. Uh, when they got to the lake scene, he did finally ask them if they'd be willing to do nudity. Uh, he oh, was a... oh, fellas. Oh, <laughs> He was uh, nice enough to take their answer, uh, no, so that didn't happen. But I just think it's shitty that he was too much of a bitch to bring it up during casting when the, you know, they would have the opportunity to go in or out on the project, you know? Mm-hmm. And he waited until like they were probably like contractually locked in. He's like, all right, now how about you get them titties out? <laughs> well, but as long as the contract didn't say they had to get the titties out, then I guess he couldn't force it. Yeah, you know that's mean? true. I know. I almost kind of feel like at this point they have more power than than before because it's like if you ask someone before you have the job, is like you okay getting your titties out? Oh, it kind of puts pressure on them. It's to like say yeah, yes, no, no, I'll get, get I'll get my titties out because I want that job. You're right. It's um, it's like a real damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. Yeah, I guess it's probably just like don't ask women to get their titties out. Well, damn it, Kyle, you just ruined exploitation movies for yourself. Damn it, there are they're like I mean I already can't like um justify them like morally with my own ethics and morals and stuff i just like the absurdity <laughs> i guess i guess it's, bad, again though. i feel like this is fine like this is probably the best scenario is like no you probably shouldn't wait to the last minute when you're about to get in the water you know what I mean? it's yeah give them the job ask them afterwards 
if they say no, we make, but obviously preface before that you, it's fine if you say no. It's the fact you already have the job, right? Mm-hmm. And if they say no, just accept that and move on. Yeah, I guess. But if they yeah, say yes, uh, then maybe show a titty if that's what you're into. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I, I probably, if I make a movie, I I seriously don't love it. Yeah, I mean nothing we've written together or I've been writing recently calls for there to be any nudity in it, so I don't. No, I prefer you to refer to it as having a titty. Oh, sorry, having titties out, Thank getting you. them out. Getting them out, as uh, we like to say in the film industry. That's uh, the real technical term that everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, get them out. Tit out. <laughs> get it out, huh? Get them out, huh? Eh? Uh, <coughs> Author and film critic Leonard Malton gave the film one and a half out of four stars. Oh, my God. Malton didn't like this one? Yeah, he said, although the film had a couple of genuine scares, it was mostly a boring thriller. My biggest complaint is um, we get a little bit too much focus on the killer. Like we learned a little bit too much about him where it kind of just seems like, yeah, we do learn a little bit too much about him, but they never touch on why he has fucking telekinesis. So it's like, what? No. And like, also, no one even yeah. mentions it. It's well, yeah. Cause it's not in the script. <laughs> <laughs> so it just happens. <laughs> it seems to be copying psycho a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And then where the killer kind of is the point of interest in the movie, which uh, it works for psycho. But I don't think I've ever seen it work in any other horror movie. Freddy vs. Jason. I mean, yeah, but that's like a cartoon. Just joking. That's a <laughs> good example. Yeah, but here's uh, Stephen King. He came to save the, save the day. In his book, uh, Dance Macabre, from 1981, he praises the film as an obscure classic, noting that the film wields an eerie, spooky power as wax figures begin to move and come to life in a ruined, out-of-the-way tourist resort. resort. <laughs> What's the resort? <laughs> so yeah that's kind of uh him Stephen king talking about it is kind of what led to its popularity overall i'm sure it probably still would have been appearing on tbs in usa late at night because it's uh, a safe movie but um it became kind of a cult classic because Stephen king was like hey it's pretty good but it turns out i mean it's just okay it's okay yeah it's not offensively bad. That's I guess my problem with it. Is it's not offensively bad? Is yeah, it's not like it's competently made, but like not that interesting. And then it's not bad enough to be entertaining solely for being bad. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, eh, here's a decent movie that's kind of boring. Sometimes yeah, that's, that's yeah. all you need is a decent movie that's kind of boring. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a nice cool beer, not a cold beer, a cool one. A uh, final little uh, trivia fact here. The mannequin who gives Molly something to drink is actually director David Schmoller's then wife. Uh, much smaller, that's fine. The mannequin originally had two lines, but Schmoller had them edited out during post-production. <laughs> My wife's, you know, I, I didn't tell her because, you know, I don't want to be mad, but she was awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably why they uh, are no longer married. Could <laughs> <laughs> he edit out our lines? <laughs> Because it says then wife, not wife anymore. Was was she having sex with his brother? Is that what happened? Oh, this is an autobiographical film? <laughs> <coughs> yeah, so this movie shares a lot of uh, DNA, so to speak, with... Gross. Um, House of Wax, Psycho, Halloween, I guess. It's just, uh, it, it is interesting as um, sort of a reference cross point for maybe like 60s horror come to meet 70s horror which i think is interesting 
but um, I mean, it's it's no Return of the Living Dead or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's enjoyable. It's like it's one of those um, movies you watch on a weekend with a with a drink in your hand, and you don't think about it too. Yeah, it's like you go mow the lawn. You come in at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and this is what happens to be on TV. And you're like, okay, I'll go. I'll take a nap after this. <laughs> you know, real dad stuff. Real dad type movie. Real dad type stuff. It was a good dad day. But I'm getting into the dad life, dad core, as I like to call it. So it's yeah. just an aesthetic for me. I'm not going to be a dad. I just copy the aesthetic. I saw Zach Efron's dad body, and I felt ashamed of myself. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't shave. <laughs> yeah, man, the fucking—they're getting pretty blatant about like the body image, like shit that they're doing in um publicly and stuff. Now that is like such like a blatant like no man is good enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, a lot of the focus is usually on women because it is um much more pervasive and widespread for women to be photoshopped into like impossible goals impossible standards and it is like non-stop you're inundated with it non-stop but i feel like they're getting pretty bold about it with the that zach efron thing is just like a well, fucking what are you what the fuck are you talking about you know <laughs> I mean? it's so absurd no, but, he's, a, he's a real fat. He's a real fat, yeah. fat fatty out there. I mean, I did see it and want to get some steroids, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was thinking, like, hmm, how much does eight shoes cost? Is it like a Chinese side I can buy it from? Well, the thing is, uh, now that we're getting older, we could probably get it from a doctor. I don't got no health insurance. I'm fucking. Oh yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> in the the crazy mix of fantasy world where we have health insurance. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I'm like, dude, would a doctor cover it if, even if we had health insurance? Yeah, they give testosterone out like candy to like post forty men. If you come up with a good enough excuse, I bet you could get some in your thirties. Oh, I'll just tell me I erectile dysfunction. Yeah, they just like know. I just you know I don't seem like I have the energy I did anymore. I just you know I don't feel like having sex all the time. Not you know out there hitting the weights or you know scoring the game winning touchdown for my high school team. What's going on, Doc? And he'll be like, "Here you go. You need more testosterone." And I probably don't. But <laughs> I'll get some more muscles. That's the cool thing about, um, to, uh, you know, steroids, though, is uh, you don't even really have to work out. You just get bigger. All right. Yeah. So Tourist Trap is all right. It's fun to watch movies that are fun and dumb. It was uh, the internet. Luckily, I downloaded it with the perfect time because I downloaded it and then the internet stopped working for like four hours. And I was like, well, I guess I can watch Tourist Trap. <laughs> um, it was on. It's a, it was free on Tubi TV, so I didn't have to download it. Oh, but was it in 1080p fully restored Blu-ray bullshit? Fuck if I know. Doesn't matter because like the fucking source they used, the original print was damaged anyway. So even if you watch it on the Blu-ray, it's like the print is like fucked up, <laughs> still grainy and shit. That's cool though because you can see the film grain. I'm like, well, that's oh. what happens to a lot of those own films that no one gave a shit about. Correct. Even some of the films people cared about. Yeah, the people used to be like really um they had like no preciousness when it came with it came to like things that were filmed, you know what I mean? Like the Monty Python's Holy Grail like was just rotting away at some BBC closet for years, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, there's uh, episodes of Doctor Who they don't even fucking have anymore cuz the tapes just disappeared or were destroyed or uh, recorded it's, over. It's weird for that people at one point people were like, you know, there's no way anyone's going to ever want to watch The Good and the Bad and the Ugly again. 
<laughs> well, it's like it's. I guess in their minds, it's disposable, and it's like we'll just make something else new in a week. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's a weird thought. Um, things which is it's different now because now people are very precious about media, but then a lot of it actually is disposable. Hmm, it's interesting how things change. So hmm. you're saying we should have let Monty Python's Holy Grail deteriorate? They all turned out to be old racists, so maybe. <laughs> I'll you're just the dead one. Just two of them. Yeah, you don't talk about Eric Isle that way. <laughs> Terry, <laughs> Terry Jones and Michael Palin seem to be all right. I guess it's just Terry Gilliam and the fucking, you know, the tall one. What's his name? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Graham Chapman's the tall dead one. And then the other guy is, uh, you know, he's in a faulty faulty tower. Basil Faulty. That's his name. Basil Faulty. Oh, well, it's not worth mentioning because he thinks Anglo-Saxons are better than everyone. (laughs) He was just like, you know, what's worse than the English thousand year occupation and genocide of the Irish? One time the Romans came to England. (laughs) John Cleese. That's what his name is. Thank you. Yeah, how did I forget that? Um, he always kind of reminded me of you, to be honest. John Cleese? Yeah, basically anytime there's like a really tall... Oh, just uh, a tall man on, on TV? That's tall, why I compared to Jason Siegel so much. Yeah, basically anytime there's a tall, goofy guy, I'm like, oh yeah, that's John. There he is, he's on TV. <laughs> yeah, because you don't look like John Cleese or Jason Siegel, but it's like, yeah, there he is. <laughs> I guess you have um, a very like British Islander face, I guess, though, right? Oh, well, I mean, no. most of our family came from Ireland, and the ones that yeah. didn't came from, like, England, so... What movie will you watch <laughs> next week? Next week, um, speaking of films that seem to be uh, a sort of uh, attract a female audience, rather if they're intentional or not, next week we will be watching basically one of the... Basically the favorite 80s movie of almost every girl I've dated, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Yeah, it's Swayze time. Oh, Swayze. Is this our first Swayze? Yeah, this is probably oh, the first man. time. We're, we're almost 100 episodes and this is our first Swayze. I mean, wow. you, you'd think with the culture we cultivate, it would have been Outsiders first, but no, it's Dirty Dancing. <laughs> uh, I had to watch this movie, honestly, not that long ago for like a, a class I was taking when I was getting my English degree. Uh, I also just oh. read that the Lake and Dirty Dancing has just uh, started to refill for the first time in like 10 years. Well, hell yeah, man. Thanks, this climate change. It's all very topical then. Uh, also, I want you to pay attention to the uh, uh, the wardrobe choices in Dirty Dancing, which is supposed to take place in the early 60s. Every time I've watched that, watched that movie, I've had no idea it was supposed to be like the 50s, 60s. And then someone yeah. told me and I was like, What? <laughs> well, it seems I'm pretty sure it's just the 80s so yeah they, I don't know if they did a good job with that this will be the first time I've watched it in probably close to a decade I'd say oh I'm sure it is but we watched it a whole bunch when we were kids yeah because our sister liked it then I guess our mom a little bit too no our mom used to complain about um, how much you watched no she didn't like the woman in it because she didn't think she could dance well enough oh yeah yeah yeah, I was like, that should have been me dancing with Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Dirty Dancing next week. Um, I'm sure there'll be nothing in that movie that aligns with current events that we'll need to talk about. So it should be relatively yeah. There's politics, no honestly, there's free. no social message in Dirty Dancing at all. Yeah, so it should be politics free. 
So if you're getting tired of the politics uh, on the podcast, I mean, don't worry. Next week's going to be a good one. Also, I mean, like, I'm fucking, I'm talking about whatever I want. This is our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Start your own podcast. Everybody's doing it. You can talk about shitty 80s movies and about how none of them are political and getting Funko Pop figures is the coolest shit on earth. I don't give that's a what fuck. Michelle Obama's trying to podcast. I think that's what hers is about. About Funko Pop? Yeah. It's a Funko Pop. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that's Michelle Obama. Funko Pop Mania. She loves Funko Pops. <laughs> I just got the gold Stanley. <laughs> wow. Dig this, true believers. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> VHSCult.com. Oh, yeah. Tell your friends and family, rate, review, subscribe. Oh, yeah. If you, uh, if you give us a five-star review anywhere and I see it, I'll read it. On the, we'll read it on the podcast. How about that? Oh, hell yeah. For sure. But, uh, if it's not five stars, I'm not reading it. So if you want to say something mean about us, you still got to give us a five-star review. I'll read the one-star reviews. No, you don't want to encourage people <laughs> to give one-star reviews. God damn it. Oh, no, I won't. I won't read them. But email me if you, anyone knows where Patrick Wolf has been. Really, I got to really get on, get on this. Where's Patrick Wolf at? <laughs> Wolf Watch. <laughs> so VHSCult.com. Email me, probably Kyle, at MyFrenchForProductions.com for Patrick Wolf Watch. Uh, rate and review. Five-star reviews will be read. Tell, Get into the comments and subreddits and shit for like other prominent Twitch people, YouTubers, podcasters, and stuff. Just talk about us instead. Maybe like dangle. Talk about it until you get banned <laughs> from Reddit. Yeah. Just do what you got to do, all right? Do you, do what <coughs> we, we got to do. There's people out here suffering. Um, and I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's people out there suffering with the fact that they don't know about the VHS goal. They yeah. need to plant the seed, watch it grow. <laughs> you can do that with a small investment of $500. <laughs> For just a dollar a day. Wow. <laughs> For just For 18 just- $20 a day. Well, <laughs> for just $77 a day, you too can be a member of the VHS cult. Right. Enough complaining about, I don't know, I, mean, I guess enough will never be enough. That's the whole point of the podcast is you're kind of just getting a glimpse into, at least me personally, it's like, um, you guys get to see a glimpse into like how my mind operates and stuff. A lot of it is racked with like guilt and stress and regret and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, some of it's definitely I'll take personal responsibility for, but to be completely honest about it, it is it fucking sucks like how different people's lives are based on fucking financial shit. You know what I mean? And a lot of it, you know, beyond their control. Yeah. You know, because your if, uh, your air conditioning breaks down, you got to spend a thousand dollars to repair it. Yeah. But you don't have it. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. yeah. Or you can't uh, you can't pay to get your car fixed. So because you, you can't pass emissions tests. Can't pass emissions tests. Yeah, it's tests. time to register it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell yeah, man! Fucking white trash. <laughs> Whatever. What the fuck that means?